welcome to the Retro Blood. You are all my children now. You want to know what happens to an eyeball when it gets Welcome back, everybody, to the Retro Blood as we continue along with our sleazy slasher month. Up next, if you like home video action, if you like a boy who turns into a man that kind of reminded me a little bit of Shazam, if you like a, a lot of negative, <laughs> if you like a lot of fucking uh, 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 people yelling and, and throwing food on them, this is the review for you, everybody, because J.A. Allison, James Klein, we are talking all about Sledgehammer. Sledgehammer, all right. Move over, fucking Michael Myers. Move over, Jason. We have the boy <laughs> of mystery. And did you even get any of his backstory at all? How did he actually turn into this man? Was he a ghost? I, so, yeah, so I think he was a ghost. <clears throat> So I think this is more of really more of a ghost story than it is a uh, slasher story, but it's really not much of a story period. Yeah, um, it's something. There's really not a lot of story <laughs> in this. And like, I don't know. I think, I think like I was like when I was watching it originally, you know, I sent you that message and I was like, you know, um, I really can't understand anything this kid is saying. Like, I have a feeling this kid yeah. was telling us his backstory but I'll be damned if I can understand anything he's saying. Um, you know, they didn't use any over. Uh, what's the, what's the word for that? There's a term for it, but like when they overdub the uh, voices in a studio, yeah. so you can so they sound better instead of using this. This used all on location oh, sound, yeah. and I'm pretty <laughs> sure <laughs> they used the sound from the camcorder. Yes. I'm pretty sure they didn't even use microphones. No, no, there's no way, especially without a kid at the end. <laughs> he, he, they're basically our kid. We need you to say a couple lines, and that kid just fucking mumbled his way through. And they're like, "All right, great, we'll take it." <laughs> One right, cut, plus he's right, <laughs> plus he's wearing a mask, and it's just like, yes. and I'm like, "What?" They're like, "We only had this kid for about an hour, okay? We took a, it took thirty, it took forty five <laughs> minutes to fucking dress him up, to keep him still, just have him say some shit, and we'll cut it." <laughs> yeah, I, I read somewhere that this movie cost forty thousand dollars to make. And unless a camcorder cost forty thousand dollars in nineteen eighty three, I don't know where the fuck that money went. Yeah, maybe I think half of that had to be renting the house out. Well, and then so cleaning, I read that. I read, yeah, and then cleaning up after the read, food fight. Maybe cleaning up after the food fight. So I read about that. So the, most of this movie was shot inside um, uh, David Pryor's apartment. So he was already living there. Oh, okay. The interiors were and. Um, Part of that money was probably to pay that girl to take her clothes off because that costs extra. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
or or so I hear. <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah. That's probably a little. That's where the budget went, brother. But we'll talk all about it because we're gonna be talking all about Sledgehammer by continuing our sleazy slasher month. But just like for every Retro Blood episode, we will be talking about the history going on around the supposed release date. Now, me and Allison have done our research, and we cannot find a a uh, a release date for Sledgehammer. It only gives us the year. 1983 yeah. so this is like a mystery out here like when did this movie get released who saw it uh what kind of backwards grindhouse theater was playing this shit who knows okay maybe the guy just showed it at a, a festival one day or something who, kn- who knows where this one was going but obviously you know nowadays you can find it on shutter which tries to get as much rare horror movies that are from around the globe as they can so that's why we found this one on here but yeah since we don't have it a, a tentative release release date we have talked about a lot of months here on the retro blood we talked about a lot of months in 1983 but one month we haven't talked about was august so we're going to be using august as the release date that we're going to be talking about so the first thing i have is i want to talk a little bit about music up first because we usually do wrestling up first let's spice it up a little bit brother i feel a little spicy i feel like i feel like my boy chuck over here okay I'm feeling, uh, you know, I'm not sure if I want to get married. I'm not sure what I want to do, but I'm still going to be the hero, and I'm going to take my shirt off on every scene. That's what I'm feeling today. <laughs> okay. And uh, we'll, we'll talk about all the characters and um, what they reminded me of uh, here pretty soon when we do the whole review. That should be very fun. But I thought this is really interesting. And I just picked out August because, you know, it was one of the months that we haven't talked about here on the Retro Blood. And I was going through with some of the albums that were released around August. And I found on August 7th, uh, Black Sabbath released an album. Mm. And this album was their Born Again album that came around this time. And so I was doing some of my research about this album. Apparently, this album is is the album that only had, it featured the the one-time vocalist that they had, um, Ian Gilliman. Ian Gillen, yeah. Yes. This is the one with the demon baby on the cover, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of like a, uh, yeah, yeah, it's Demon Baby. Yes, yeah, the one with the yeah. Demon Baby on the cover. And, um, you know, like, so a lot of this band is like, um, I guess it's like one of their overlooked type of albums people were talking oh, about. for sure. And I was listening to some of it, and it actually sounds pretty good. You know, I wasn't used to uh, Black Sabbath without Ozzy. In it, because that's you know most of the time when when I was growing up, if my if my dad was playing Black Sabbath, he would usually play the albums that you know that Ozzy was, you know the ones from the seventies. But you know when Ozzy you know split from Black Sabbath and we got the Dio in there, brother. You know I guess Dio was only on like maybe like one or one or two albums, and then they just basically just went from uh, they used this guy one time for this album, this Eon guy, and then later Mm -hmm. on they had the uh, um, I guess there was like two technically solo albums that that uh what the guitar uh tommy did for a while yes so but this was kind of like the middle album but i was listening to some of the tracks on here and actually was a pretty good uh pretty good groovy uh uh uh, track on here so it's kind of cool stuff on here yeah so actually i do have a few uh stories about this album if you want to hear them yeah go ahead all right so uh, I was much like you growing up. Like I listened to the Black Sabbath, Ozzy, and I really was not familiar with them even having a career 
after Ozzy was not in the group. Like Ozzy Osbourne, Black Sabbath is Black Sabbath to me. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I did discover the Dio Black Sabbath, and I love Dio, and I love the Dio Black Sabbath now. But all these other albums, I just kind of ignored. Like, I thought, how could they possibly be good, right? Like, I never listened to Born Again. I never listened to Headless Cross. I never listened to Tear um, and any of these albums that they made after Dio left. But then, like, one day, like, I was like, I need to see what they sound like. I just want to see what these albums sound like. So I listened to Born Again, and it's actually really good. I mean, it is a really, really good album. I like it a lot. I would recommend it. I mean, it's not sabbath Ozzy, but it's good. You know, it's kind of stoner, doom metal, um, like stoner rock kind of. Um, Ian Gillen was the singer for Deep Purple. So he that's what he's most famous for, was being the singer for Deep Purple. And then um, it's also kind of famous for this not really working. They only made this one album with him. Um, and um, then they I, then they got somebody else uh, that I can't think of his name right now. Tony Martin maybe was the next singer. But anyway, mm-hmm. um, so have you ever seen uh, This Is Spinal Tap, though, the movie This Is Spinal Tap? Yeah. So you know the part where they're doing the Stonehenge song, and yeah. then they uh, they make the Stonehenge. He puts uh, inches instead of feet, and it makes the little tiny Stonehenge. It comes down behind them. Yeah, yeah. So that scene in that movie is based on um, something real that happened with them um, on this tour, except it was the opposite. So they wrote down the measurements wrong, and they uh, the people who made the thing thought it was supposed to be like much, much larger than it was than it than they intended for it to be. And it was so big that they couldn't move it in and out of buildings. So they spent all this money on this giant prop for this tour. I can't remember what the prop was. It was like a cross or something. But it was like so big that they couldn't actually move it. So it's it's it was stuck in a warehouse for years and I'm sure it was eventually destroyed. But wow. like they couldn't even move it from town to town or in inside or outside of a building. Um but that's what that that story from Spinal Tab is based on. Hmm. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, it's it's, but, it's pretty interesting too. So apparently, like some of the songs um, off this album apparently influenced a lot of big bands that we would you know hear today that are like legendary mm-hmm. bands. So because it says like songs like uh, Trashed and Born Again would have much influence on goth and underground punk bands like Black Flag, as well as some metal groups as well. And apparently, Guns N' Roses, meanwhile, based the verse off Paradise City off the riff. From Zero the Hero. So, oh, wow. I didn't know that. Yeah. So so apparently, you know, this album, you know, while not being the most recognized um, Black Sabbath album out there, um, it has had a lot of influences on different bands throughout the period of time. And I was listening to some of it, and it sounds pretty good. The Zero the Hero band, the, the Zero the Hero song is really good. Um, Trash is the first one they do is, is a really good sounding song as well too um, I didn't get to listen to all the songs but this is definitely something we would have been popping into the uh, to the cassette mm-hmm. player st- uh, drinking some beer like our boy Chuck shirts off yep. uh, fucking uh, <laughs> just like cruising around you know what I mean just having a good time so this is definitely a very like like it's not as like um, you know Ozzy has a very distinctive voice uh, but this Ian guy, he he does have like uh, his style is a little bit more like the Ronnie uh, James Dio. Uh, he, mm. he he is a little bit more has that little more like the, more powerful like more that powerful style of voice to him. Yeah, yeah, because he was in Deep Purple when they recorded Smoke on the Water, so he's the guy that's saying that, and now he's singing in Black Sabbath, which 
you would think would have been fantastic. And I, it was actually better. You know, it was good. It was, I mean, it wasn't very, I don't think it was very well received at the time. But I mean, now, like, I would love to hear a live show with Ian Gillen singing the Aussie songs now. I think that would be fantastic. Yeah, definitely. So it's always, it's, it's just, we talked about this before. You know, sometimes when things come out at a certain period, sometimes it's just not the right timing. You know, sometimes exactly. it, it, some, you know, just kind of like, uh, well, I wouldn't really say this movie, but, you know, some other movies, you know, <laughs> <laughs> they come out at a certain time and nobody gives a crap about them. And then later on, they're like the big, one of the biggest masterpieces that ever come out. That yeah, can well, ever a lot be. of movies are, I was going to say a lot of movies are like that. The Thing was like that. The, the Thing was considered a complete failure when it came out. And now it's like one of the, you know, most revered horror films of all time. Yes, exactly. So it's just really cool to visit. But we'll be playing some of this Black Sabbath born again album at the end of the show but let's uh let's talk a bit about the pro wrestling and i have some tie-ins from sledgehammer to pro wrestling which we will talk about here soon but um i was trying to find something that happened around you know august and stuff um on the actual date that the uh, black sabbath album got released the 7th there was a uh, a tournament held in uh toronto canada at the maple leaf uh, it was for the uh, Canadian TV Championship. There's not too much to talk about because of the winner. I mean, like, of all people, like Mike Rotunda won the uh, TV Championship in a grueling tournament, apparently, in Canada. Oh, congratulations, Mike Rotunda. Yes, yeah, yeah. The thing is, like, okay, so, you know, Mike Rotunda, I was never a really big fan of Mike Rotunda, to be honest with you. Like, he was okay as IRS and stuff, and, hmm. you know, I, I don't know, just... This is wrestling was kind of boring to me. I'm not gonna lie. Well, I mean, he's like a lot of those guys, right? Like he was he was technically very sound, but he's just not very exciting. Yes. Um, I don't really like the IRS or uh, what was the other similar character he had that was lack IRS. Um. Oh. Um. Uh. Uh. VK Wall Street. Yes. VK Wall Street. Yeah. <laughs> so I I really like uh, Varsity Club Mike Rotunda. Yeah, I would say that was the best one. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's that him and Rick Steiner and uh, because Kevin Sullivan. Really- the reason that one was the best one because he did a lot of mat style wrestling. You know, a lot of holds, a lot of chin lock, a ton of chin locks. This guy loved his fucking chin locks, chin locks laying on the mat. You know what I mean? So you know when he's in the varsity club, you know they're like amateur wrestler gimmick. So okay, you can yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, he's like okay, you know the guys in the fucking you know am, you know wrestling uh, leotard. You know, he's going out there doing these holds and stuff. Okay, that makes sense. But then you get this guy in a fucking business suit with a tie on doing this fucking hold and shit in the middle of the ring for like 10 minutes. You're like, okay, can we, uh, can we, can we spice this up a little bit? Yeah. So, but he, he did have a good, um, uh, tag team run with a million dollar man, money, money incorporated. So, you know, there's a couple of good stuff. And of course, you know, he's the, uh, the father to, one Bray Wyatt, which is... I was about to say, he gave us Bray Wyatt, so yeah. we should celebrate him just for that. Exactly. Um, another thing I want to talk about really quick, and that happened like two days before that Mike Rotunda win, apparently in St. Louis, Missouri. Uh, this is a very interesting match. So, NWA World Heavyweight Champion Harley Race, who, you know, you, you definitely know he was listening to some Black Sabbath. <laughs> that, that's for sure. <laughs> he defeated... Which I didn't even know this was a thing, but he defeated NWA Missouri champion Ric Flair in a best out of two three falls match. 
Do you think they count that as part of a 16-time world champion reign of being a Missouri champion? I do not think they count that. <laughs> <laughs> so, two, two um, pretty interesting. I mean, obviously, you know, anytime you get to see Harley Race and Ric Flair, that was definitely probably something to see. Very classic um, wrestling match. And obviously, you can tell in the uh, the Canadian League, they're just probably trying to get this Mike Rotunda guy. Because he was a great wrestler. You know, just probably just trying to get him over and stuff. So, um, I mean, obviously, you know, we probably would have, if all of these cards, we probably would have went to the St. Louis one. Because that's in our home turf. Because, you know, this movie, who even knows where he, we would probably have to go to, like, some, like, the back corner of Rent Zone to find this fucking yeah. Sledgehammer movie, if it's even on the shelf. <laughs> <laughs> they probably just would have gave us a copy for free. Or maybe this would have been like, you know, before we even get into the rent zone, so there's some guy in his truck that's just like handing this movie out. That's probably what it was. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, yes. You're so, right. Um, yeah, this was probably a very cheap rental because, you know, videotapes were very expensive then. So this was probably something that was put out real cheap. And then every video store probably bought a copy. Every little video store probably bought a copy because it was cheap and it was something else they could rent out. Well, you know, I do want to talk about something. <clears throat> you know, like it's kind of a light history month. Like I said, we kind of had to like make up a date. You know, but yeah, but you know, there's something to, to say about the um, the uh, cheap independent horror. You know, because oh, I yeah. I am one of the uh, people who've made cheap independent. Now, my movies did not cost forty thousand uh, dollars. They may no. they might have cost like two hundred dollars, <laughs> and they look better than this one. <laughs> yes, well, you know, at the time, you know, when I was at filming the time, that, there's right. a, there's better camera quality. But I, but it was crazy when I was watching this film. I have used a very similar filming style than, that they did. Of course, the very yeah. slow motion, uh, going to the door and moving around. Um, I actually used a lot of negative in a couple of my films as well. Um, and, I, and, and, you know, at the time I was doing, I wasn't realizing I was doing an, an 80s trope. Maybe it was just in my subconscious that I was doing this negative um, around right. everywhere with the filming style. And, you know, it's just like the way they film it. And then, you know, they're just using the uh, I didn't I didn't at the time when I was making some of the films, I didn't even have a microphone either. So I just fucking I was like, mm -hmm. I fuck it. I'll just use the audio and I'll pump it up during the editing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I so. mean, you got to do what you can do. Right. Yeah. I mean, if you if like. You know, when we started this show, a very, very good friend of mine who does podcasts gave me this advice. And he said, just start with what you have, because if you wait until you're ready, you'll never start. And that's why if people go back in the archives, our first eight episodes sound like shit is because I didn't have anything then. So now we sound a lot better because now we have more stuff. But if I had waited on to have, you know, for us to have all the stuff we have now, we would never have gotten started. Exactly. So you got to start somewhere, right? So this guy, and I want to actually talk to him, David Pryor. Yes. But he, um, but this, um, um, you know, you got to start somewhere, and this is where he started. Um, I did not know when you when I had, I had seen this movie on Shutter, like not watched it, but like I'd seen it pop up, and I knew that it was a one of the you know one of the first, if not the first, shot on video horror films. And um, but I did not know that it was David A. Pryor's first movie. Now David Pryor is a director um his brother ted played chuck in this movie um yes. but he he made a bunch of movies that i've seen and this was where he started and he is known at least to me he is known as a guy who makes um less than b movies if there's something below b he makes that 
Um, he he make he. It's almost like a throwback movie. You know, like in the fifties, you would make B movies that were supposed to be cheap, and they were you know, and you can make a profit off of them, and maybe you would get like a you know, like a, a star or somebody who was coming up to be a star that didn't cost a lot to be in it. Yeah, and that's kind of what he specialized in. Um, but he um he and I, it's hard for me to say because I don't want to say his movies are good because they're not good, and it's not a situation where they're so bad they're good. But he he was a guy who made the movies he wanted to make, and he didn't take any shit from anybody. He didn't he didn't take anybody's advice. He did what he wanted to make for better or for worse. And I respect that a lot. I love people like that now. And like I, I you know I celebrate David Pryor because he just made the movies he wanted to make, and he didn't give a fuck what anybody else thought. But he made um, this one movie called um, No, nah, I can't find it. What was it? What's this movie called? Raw Nerve. He made this movie called Raw Nerve that has Tracy Lords in it, like right after she quit porn and start wanted to be like a legitimate actress, so she was cheaper to get. Mm-hmm. Um, and has Jan Michael Vincent in it. And it's I mean, it's not a horror movie, but it's a good I mean, it's good for what it is. You know, I mean it's not a top budget movie, but I mean it it's a really good B movie. Uh it came out in nineteen ninety one. He you know, he owned his own production company, the AIP Productions. He started that uh, to make these, you know, crazy B action movies that he made. He made some movies with David Carradine called Future Force. And uh, the, I mean, you know, he I, I really like this guy. I really respect him a lot. And I respect anybody who does whatever they want to do, regardless of what anybody else thinks they should do. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, because everybody, you know, they have a different vision. And sometimes it's good to see different visions and see if it'll, you know, pop off. Because... If everybody just made it like uh, the same, it'd just be boring. We wouldn't have anything. Yeah. So we had to see new creative things. So Yeah. And like people like, and I'm so sick. I mean, this is something I'll talk about a lot on the show as we go along. But I'm like sick and tired of like people who've never made a movie or done anything creative in their life, like complaining and making fun of people because their budgets are low. Like, yeah, his budget was low on this movie. Like it was like if he, it, I mean, like I said, forty thousand dollars. If he spent that much money, I don't know where this where this went. But um, you know, like, but the people who are saying that you know the movie sucks because the budget was low, these are the people. These are people who've never made a movie. Yeah. So you know, at least he did something. At least he did something besides sit in his basement of his mama's house and complain about you know uh, the quality of work of other people. And made fun of the quality of work of other people. Yeah, I mean, because yeah. this, this movie's got some funny stuff on it, and there was a couple, um, a couple little filming styles that you can tell that he was doing it to reach a certain mark. Because <laughs> you, mm-hmm. you know, there's some scenes yeah. that they just took a long time to. Like, well, yeah, and like all the ridiculous slow motion that's in it. Yes. Like, but, there's just an overuse. It's almost like he just figured out how to do slow motion. He's like, oh, that's cool. Let's do that again. Yes. Which is true because, you know, how the person who's made a very low budget crappy film, once you figure out, like, something new, you're like, oh, I'm going to incorporate that in <laughs> everything. Let's do this all the time. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> and then you look back on it, I was like, maybe I shouldn't have done that one little part, but no, well, fuck it. <laughs> and then, like, he uh, also, in this film, like, I don't usually read reviews of movies that we're going to review but this one i thought was so strange that i wanted to know what other people thought about it and everything that i see is people talking about how um how incompetent it is like he's just an incompetent director and 
fuck those people. F- fuck you if you think if if anyone thinks that he that guy this guy knows you could tell by looking at this that he knows how to make a movie. He just didn't have the technical quality that he needed. I yeah. mean, there's you know like I said, well, I'm sure we'll talk about, it, but there's a lot of shit that that should have been changed. But like the shots in it and like the tracking shots looked really good. I mean, you know, I mean he I think that he. For what he had, I think he did a good job. Yeah, and I, you know, you can. I, th- I liked when the the boy was turning into the man. You know, th- yeah. those are those are actually pretty good shots. You know, I mean, that's it takes a little bit to do that. So yeah, but yeah, we'll he get found into found a way to do that on no budget. Yes, so we'll talk about it. But how about we just get right into it, brother? How about we get Let's into the sledgehammer? Now we're gonna have some real fun. Hey, an orgy! Alright, that's what we're waiting for! You fool that you have. Hey, let's get started. Put your shirt on. Quiet, quiet. I'm talking about a seance. All right, so I noticed right away. So we're getting like the uh, the, the credits in the beginning. You can see the whole cast, and he has them all in like this red negative filter. And yeah, I, I first that looked great. I, I looked great, and I was just thinking, oh fuck, I've done that before. <laughs> <laughs> so I have like this whole like YouTube series. If I just plug myself, it's on MSK Sketch Comedy, and it's about this demon hunter. It's kind of like a comedy little series. Maybe I'll post a link to it. And there's a lot of negative in that. But I had to do it because I wanted to make it look like cartoonish. So, yeah. but I was like, when I when I was just seeing negative and stuff, I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, brother, we got to bring back the negative. All right, come on now. Mm-hmm. So we have this shot of a house. It's like near a mountain area, and the ha- I mean, th- he he does the thing where he likes to linger on though. Like he'll linger on this shot for a long time because it's like, okay, you think you you think you're ready? No, you're not ready yet. Are you ready right now? Oh no, you're not ready. Okay, now you're ready. So we see our mom yelling at a kid, telling him, like, get in the closet and stuff, you little brat. Um, you know, she's like, basically, it's a mom trying to put this kid in the closet and stuff. And mm-hmm. basically, how and the kid doesn't want to go in the closet, obviously, but she's like, she has to lock the door and she's locking him into the closet and says, like, you know, shut your mouth, little brat and stuff, just stay in here and stuff. And I'm trying to, you know, get it on. So then, like, after the mom locks him in the closet, she like goes to this guy, and I like how the characters are named. They don't have names; it's just mom and lover. Okay. Yeah, we don't need we don't need character names. We don't. I mean, we don't have much of a story, so we don't need character names. Yes. So the mom shows up. She's like, "Hey, am I looking sexy?" He's like, "He's like, damn right, I like what I'm seeing." He's like, "What did you do with the kid?" She's like, "I put that little brat in the closet. He ain't gonna bother us." And then they start talking. He's like, "Oh, good." Now we don't have to hide anywhere. We don't have to hide in motels. We don't have to hide behind bar, like bar alleys and stuff. And huh, wives and husbands, who needs them? So who obviously, the, obviously they both are having an affair on each other. So while this is all happening, they're like kissing. The girl is going low. The, the kid breaks out of the, the locked room somehow. And you see like this shadowy figure. And eventually sledgehammer back to the lever's head and like before the sledgehammer even hit you can already see like the brains coming out (laughs) 
and then uh, she hits him. That one dies. Then the girl goes very slow. This is our first slow motion. And then eventually mm-hmm. the sledgehammer kills the mom where we see the, head, the, the sledgehammer hitting something and blood spatters on the wall. Yeah. So. Yeah, you can definitely tell that was a mistake. Like um, that they only they could only do it one time. Yes. You know, what I mean, when they did the effect for the brains coming out, they did, I think they just mistimed that. And he's like, well, we can only do it one time. Yeah. So we're going to have to use it. Yeah, use that one. So we get some more negative around there. Now it is 10 years later. Uh oh. All right. 1983. Yes. Now we're back. We're right here at 1983 now, I guess. So guys are, uh, we see like this whole crew. They're all like playing around. And the only, the only thing I heard, like, this is like the thing about, okay. So a lot of the scenes in the Sledgehammer one, if you're trying to review this movie, it's kind of hard because there are so many people talking over each other that it's hard mm-hmm. to capture what they're saying. But basically, it's like this group of friends and they're all staying at this cabin that I guess is being rent out for them um, for the month. And this is the cabin, obviously, where the, the murder happened. Um, so we get all this. I hear one kid saying, you ain't nothing but a hound dog. I was like... Mm-hmm. Oh my god! Okay. Singing the Elvis song. Yeah. <laughs> so they're all over the place, and they just like they're all, like unloading the van, right? And they just like, like I never. It just looked very disorganized. They're just grabbing bags, just throwing it on the floor. <laughs> and then like, there's like one guy who, um, uh, his name is Jimmy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. So uh, before I get into the the breakdown of the characters, <laughs> so every character for some reason reminded me of a pro wrestler in this movie. Yeah. So Chuck, he looked like a fucking young Paul Orndorff. Oh, I okay. was gonna say Ultimate Warrior. I guess yeah, Ultimate Warrior. He can, he can, yeah, yeah, one of those two. Uh, uh, John looked like Big John Stud. Mm-hmm. And fucking Jimmy, the dude with the stash, looked exactly like Johnny B. Bad. I was gonna say um, Rick Rude, but yeah. Yeah, a little bit. Well, a little. Yeah, a little. Well, with the with the hairstyle and the stash, yes. But he also mm-hmm. with the whole body structure and everything. Well, with the, not the body structure, but the, like the, kind of like the look in the face. I was yeah. thinking Johnny Johnny B. Bad Brother, Mark. Yeah, Mara. true, true, true. So, but uh, we'll take the we'll take the Rick Rude. He wasn't has uh, <laughs> he wasn't has um, up to date and and uh, uh, fly has uh, Rick Rude guys. True. true. So. <laughs> So, Jimmy asks this one girl, um, um, Carol, for like a, she's she's wants a coke, but he's like, hey, let's have a beer, and she's like, he's like, oh, we're here to party, so they're all here to party and have a good time. So the John guy, the big guy, big John stud guy, he kind of like wanders off, all right. And so this is also too when we get Chuck and we get Joni, and Chuck is like trying to like loosen up Joni because like. Johnny's not really that comfortable being here. Um, and then like they're kind of like going through stuff a little bit. So I didn't really get this part later on in the story, but I guess maybe she knew about the backstory of the house or something. That made her uncomfortable. Um, but then after this, um, by the way, this Chuck guy, this guy's like, I'm, I'm, I'm not putting on a shirt. All right. In my contract, <laughs> I will put on one shirt and that's it. But other than that, I'm showing off the chest, brother. Okay. I ain't playing around. Um, so, so maybe they only had one shirt. Yes, maybe, the, in the budget. That's true. Well, it was a it was a nice little yellow shirt he had. <laughs> <laughs> so he was doing it. Um, 
So then, you know, Big John, Big, I always call him, so his name is John, but I'm going to call him Big John Stud, just because that's what he reminded me of. Uh, he, he, he has a girlfriend, and her name is Mary, and he kind of grabs her, and they're, they're, like, doing their thing. So also, too, after they got the, the van unloaded and everything, the, the character who is played by Ray Lawrence, he is known as the driver. He said he's going to go tune up, he's going to go tune up this van like a high school girl. Okay. Sweet. Sweet. Gotcha. Uh, so then they all like, hey, let's, you know, let's go inside and grab a beer. So this is when we get, you know, John, he's like looking around the house. And then we have this long scene. Mm -hmm. So we have some soft music playing. And we have Chuck and we have Joni. They just walk around in slow motion for, it, it was like 10 minutes. It had to be. <laughs> And, like, the only thing you see is I'm walking around, touching each other, then he eventually puts a beer on her head. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I was like, fuck, man, it took so long. It's, so It's almost, what of this reminds me of is, like, I have a feeling that scene was shot later. Um, like, I just, I think, I mean, I don't know this, of course, but I think that he was just determined to get a full-length running time at us. Like, this movie, if this movie yeah. was 60 minutes long, it would actually be a lot better. Yes. You know, if it was an hour long, but I was, I think he was determined to make a full length shot on video movie. Yes. And you could tell with all the, like, he's like, okay, I got a feel in this line. He's like, maybe what he did was he filmed everything and he realized, like, oh shit, if I just, like, n normal edited, edited this, it'd just be, like, you know, like I said, like 60 minutes, you know, like maybe like 45 minutes or something. He's <laughs> like, why don't I just slow everything fucking down? Yeah, brother. <laughs> so we have Big John. He's looking around like some, like, garage. And then, like, he just looks around, he finds something, and he, like, uh, like a pipe or something, and he pulls it out, and it just cuts. So I was like, and this didn't really go, like, go anywhere. It's just like, okay. Did he hurt himself? What happened? Nothing. Nothing. So Chuck, now they're all just in the living room. So Chuck is drinking. He's, he's, he kind of sounds like um, Ronald Reagan. He's trying to be funny. And he's like, let's get shit-faced. So they all start drinking and dancing. They're just randomly dancing everywhere. Everybody's, and it's like, tiny little room. There's like yeah. this eight. Everybody looks eighties to shit too. I mean, fucking yeah. everybody. I mean, it my god. 80s. Yes. I mean, this is like peak, fucking eighties kids right here, brother. Right, and uh, it's in his apartment, so it's a tiny room. Yes. Tiny LA apartment. Yeah. So Big John he chugs a beer and then he kisses his girl Mary and like licks her and shit. Um. So we have um Jimmy, is the uh, Johnny B bad guy. Um. Mm -hmm. He is a. Uh, uh, he is like in the purple shirt, and then we have this other guy, Joey. He is like, I guess he's the guy that doesn't have the girlfriend. He's kind of like the uh, the third wheel guy or something. Yeah. He is like the guy in like the 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 Where's Waldo shirt. <laughs> I didn't think about okay. that, but yeah, he's wearing he's wearing yes. striped Where's Waldo. And uh, they're all drinking, they're all falling down, they're all talking over each other, which I can barely understand half the shit they're saying. Uh, Mary eventually says she wants a real man, and then John, he acts like a gay cowboy. Yes. Okay. And then now Chuck wants to talk to Joni. At first, I thought he wanted some sex, but it looks like he just wants to talk to her. And then the red shirt guy is planning something. Oh. So now Chuck is talking to Joni, his girlfriend, and Joni's like, <laughs> she's all like, well, why are you just acting so weird? Like, like, I thought we were going to get married. Now you don't want to get married? He's like, ah, oh, I don't know what I want. And she's like, well, you're the one that asked me. He's like, yeah, I know. But, you know, we'll, 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 we'll see what happens. 
Hey, I just want to go with the flow and have a good time. I was like, okay. So we're seeing like tension maybe or something. So maybe, maybe. like normal teenage stuff. So, so now after this, they kiss and they say they love each other. Now it's morning time. We have some more soft music and then Chuck with no shirt on. With the guitar playing music for a long time. And, and he's he's definitely not playing yes. what this soundtrack is playing. There's there <laughs> I can tell you that for a fact. I was, I was like when I watched it, I was like, I bet I bet Allison's gonna know that motherfucker ain't playing the guitar at all. <laughs> no. And it's weird too because they had like this track of like somebody playing guitar and then they had like yeah. this like menacing track over it. Yeah. <laughs> Cause it's like it looking was into like, the barn and stuff. I'm, pr- I'm pretty sure that he was just like, look, he went to the library and found rights free acoustic guitar. Yes. <laughs> and then, like, and so put that in his movie. Exactly. And then, uh, Joni, she sits down with him and everything. The music's still playing, and you could tell just like he's not even playing the right tracks or nothing. They just fucking no, dubbed everything no. over that shit. And I guess there was that- supposed to be some sort of like figure in the window, which I could barely yeah. see. Uh, which go ahead, go ahead. Which would, which would be part of the plot later if we if you if you could actually see the kid, the guy in the yeah it was just like all glare. <laughs> <laughs> if he had found a way to shoot that better, it would have actually made sense and made the plot better. At the yes. End. So like they're all having dinner now. All right, and all I hear is something about pigs for a second because they are all talking over each other like, and they all like they're all talking about. So they make John eat a whole mm. sandwich. <laughs> they betted him to eat a whole sandwich, so he does it. And then eventually, I guess he like spits, and he actually spits a little bit of the his food onto Joni's face. And then eventually, mm-hmm. Chuck's like, "Hey, I'm gonna make a joke, everybody. You can't have mustard. It's like I always say, you can't have a sandwich without mustard. Ha ha ha." And then he pours mustard on his girlfriend's ha- hair. <laughs> What a dick. Like, I don't understand. Like, why is this happening? Like, because, so- John, we need to show that everybody gets along <laughs> by talking over each other and throwing food on them. along? And then there so, was, okay, hold so, on. And then right, there was so a random, <laughs> there was a random pie and she throw the pie in his face. All right, now go ahead. I had to say it. Pie in the face, brother. Okay. So tell me how, how much getting along there would be. Yes. If you were out somewhere or at a party with your girlfriend and you oh, she would kill me. her head, tell me how much getting along there would be in, in that scenario. Uh, I mean, I'm just. I, she would kill me if I did that to her. That's like, for sure. Fucking poured like mustard on your fucking head. I just don't see how this is like charming. But okay, even, so it's not even in a funny way. But anyway, let's go. Let's so go. it's funny that you mentioned that charming because. I was thinking, okay, is this guy trying to make his characters not likable because he is doing a great job? Right, exactly. <laughs> like exactly. all of them, all of them were annoying, and they all talk super fast and all talk over each other. It's like, fuck, calm down, everybody. So I'll have some big food fight and everything, all right. Um, and then eventually Chuck tries to stop it, and then he's all talking about his new shirt, and then they all just pour, and then he makes a joke about his new hat, and it's not funny, and then they're pouring more food on him. So all the girls are like, hey, we're going to go upstairs. All you guys, since you started this, you're going to clean up the mess. And, of course, they make a bunch of other jokes I can't understand. <laughs> I just yes. wrote in my notes. Uh, I just wrote in my notes, annoying. <laughs> yeah, th- this is going to be a, a recurring theme in this in this yeah. review. Is like, 
And then they said something we couldn't understand. Yes. So the girls are now out there. So we have three girls. All right. We have Joni, which is Chuck's woman. We have Mary, which is John's woman. And we have Carol, which is Jimmy's uh, woman. So Carol is going on saying, man, this Jimmy guy, like I've been waiting to get some from him. I, you know, I, I use, so Carol's kind of like the, 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 the hot blonde. And she's all saying like, you know, I used to have guys, I should just like throw guys off me. This one, I can't, I really like him and everything. And I just can't get him to go to second base. And then Mary's mm-hmm. like, well, fuck, I can't get this fucking John guy off me. So they're just like talking about all the guys. And of course, Johnny was a little annoyed that Chuck sp- spilled mustard on her head. And then back back with the guys, they're at the tenor, and then Chuck's like, guys, I was driving down the street, and boy, you should have saw this blonde that I saw over there, brother. And he was just going on and stuff. So I, get, I guess the point with this was to show that everybody gets along. I guess Kind so. of. Okay. And, you know, maybe this is just showing how the kids are uh, during that time. So so the, the, the uh, Jimmy... He's all going on, um, you know, just basically telling Chuck and all them to clean this stuff up and stuff, and he's about to go upstairs. Um, so now we have Carol. She is now, um, uh, she is now wants to take a shower to get all the food off her. So she walks by. She sees a hallway with a sledgehammer. She's like, oh, okay. Weird. No, weird. Sitting there. Oh, yeah. Okay. Nothing. Nothing. Nothing strange. She goes into the shower. She opens up the shower. And boom, it's Joey. And Joey says, boo. And he's just like, boo, what the hell? And they start playing with each other and they just leave. Interesting. So now Jimmy, so don't ask me how this happened. But now Jimmy is about to go upstairs and he runs into Carol. I guess when she was chasing the guy off, she ran into him or something. And then there you could see, you could see Carol's like, hey, you know, what's going on? You okay? He's like, yeah, I'm doing fine. So they're very, very like monotone with each other like kind of very short with each other and carol just like are you okay okay and he's like everything's fine everything's fine you know it's one of those talking where there's something going on and uh, of course uh, jimmy he's drinking drinking beer all the time uh so now we are at nighttime we have a long shot of the house at night now so not only do we have a long shot of the house in the morning time we have one at the nighttime too sure. so they're all now playing around again and they'll have some music and the music stops it's Chuck. He's like, all right. He's like, oh, you know, everybody's like, hey, we like that song and everything. He's all like, <laughs> he's like, <laughs> I actually thought this part was pretty funny. Chuck was like, all right, enough playing around. We're going to play a real game now. And then fucking John's like, all right, I've been waiting for that orgy. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, no, yes. I'm not trying to do an orgy. He's like, he's like, let's do a seance. And then, like, a seance? What the hell? is like, yes, let's do a seance, everybody. And John's like, a scene? He's like, no, a seance. And they all start making fun of John, not knowing what a seance is. <laughs> and, of course, Chuck's like, yes, I'm, we're going we're gonna to do a seance and talk to ghosts and demons and shit all here in this room. So yeah. now he writes, and then, of course, uh, John keeps calling it a scene. Got <laughs> <laughs> about that, he does, doesn't he? So Chuck yeah, is... Now the, yeah, now the plot starts, finally. Yes, now, now we get plot. In this yes. movie. So Chuck is <laughs> So this reminded me of like Are You Afraid of the Dark or something? So they're all like <laughs> lights out, candle, and then Chuck he does acting. He is now telling us and this guy he, I don't know if he just like said these lines or he or he had to memorize these lines, but this guy was talking like miles an hour. 
he was all like talking about like yes the 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 story of the beginning uh was here eight years ago um and it happened in this valley it was a it was a uh, a mom and, and a and her uh, her person she was having an affair with and they were in this room and they were about to move on with their lives and escape their husbands and wives and everything but they had a son as well too and then what happened is somebody snuck into the house and he bludgeoned them with a hammer he made them so dead that you can't even recognize them in the teeth and everything they could barely even get their dental records out the teeth what happened to the son you say oh we don't know the son went missing some think the killer took him something something that the killer that the the son is uh, alive and missing and then some think that the kid is still alive waiting around for the murder to come back and shit <laughs> and there's like wow. <laughs> so he's like that's why he got the basically we're telling the whole plot and stuff mm-hmm. and then uh, during this you can see that the uh the joey guy he is getting something ready um so now chuck's like all right we're going to call upon the spirits. And I, I was like, does this really work? Like, the way... So, Chuck, this is how he was calling on the spirits. Spirits, I'm calling upon you. <laughs> Listen to me. I command you. Uh, wake up from your eternal slumber because I'm bothering you right now and I'm commanding you talk to me. Talk to me right now from your eternal slumber. If I was a ghost, I'd be like, who the fuck is this dick? I'm going to kill his ass. <laughs> I'm going to make facts. So yeah, then, uh, that, yeah. so then we have some like, uh, then we actually have some like the lights go out a little bit because you know Joey's playing around with everybody, and then eventually they get a, like a recording going on, and then during this we see the uh, the killer walking around around the house. Oh, oh. So we're doing all this stuff, and eventually they they Chuck eventually gets uh, spirits to talk to him. And, you know, we see shots of the house a lot during this movie as well, too. Um, and, he's you know, wake up from your eternal shumber. You can also t- see that John, he's getting, like, a little nervous. Like, he's buying everything of this. And we actually have some weird music playing. They're like, okay, what's that noise now? And then eventually we have, um, you know, Chuck says, I need you to command me, talk to me. And then the the, the the voice, it sounds obviously like a fucking tape recorder voice saying, mm. <laughs> says, um, who is waking us from our eternal slumber? He's like, we need answers to text. He's like, we have gotten, we were sledgehammered to death and stuff, and we won't talk to anybody. We'll tell you the truth, but we'll only talk to one person. Oh, who's that going to be? It's going to be John. And John's like, oh, it's me? <laughs> so he gets up and he's like, what, what do you want from me? It's like, John, we want your blood. And then during all this stuff, right when they say blood, that's when the killer stabs Joey in the neck. So we have our yes. first kill. So, and it's very slow. Everything is very slow in this movie, too. Like, when we do the killing scenes, we do that stuff, it takes a, a couple minutes for it to get for, for going. So they want to drink his blood and everything. Joey gets killed by the guy with the knife. And then Chuck eventually says, oh, I think we might have lost contact. And then, like, and then everybody's like nervous and stuff. And then eventually, the killer drags Joey's body away, because obviously Joey's not using the equipment anymore. Right. So now they're just back in the living room. All right. Uh, we get more night shots again of the house and everything. It's kind of like uh, it's like it was like so with this movie, the transition scene is basically we're gonna show the house for a long time, and then we're gonna go right back into the room. Yeah, like a soap opera is made. Yes, exactly. 
So they're drinking beer and stuff. Um, uh, the, the Mary's making fun of John, saying, "Well, Mary." <laughs> so John was drinking a beer, and then he uh, licks her face and shit. And then Mary's just like, is, "Is that shit trying to turn me on?" And John was like, "Well, you were fucking scared during that fucking uh, fucking seance shit." And then and then eventually Jimmy's like, "No, man, we saw you about to piss your pants in there." So they're all. And then a Johnny and, and Jim like kind of get into a little scuffle. And yeah, yeah. So we're just, yes. <laughs> I, 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 I'm sorry. I don't. I have, I'm at a loss for it. I don't understand any of this. I don't understand why these people are uh, friends. Why they? Why they are? I don't know why they are. <laughs> I mean, like he's literally like licking her face to yes. get her to like him, and he. And then the other guy poured his poured mustard on his girlfriend's head to get her to like him. <laughs> yes. I'm like, did this? Did this shit work in 1983? Yes. Is this it, how? Yes. Like, this is how people were, <laughs> Allison. Okay. In order to get this the, is a historical document. Yes, and well, I think we're ex- what we're doing right now is we're seeing that John is supposed to be like this big tough guy, but he's also, but he's, but it technically is a pussy when there's some like fucking horror shit that goes on. So that that was his character. Jimmy is a guy who looks exactly like Johnny B. Bad. I don't care what you say. Okay, his his goal is he is a tough guy, but he cannot get it on in the sack. Okay. Right. Chuck over here, he is basically a guy who's like, listen, in my contract, you said I could take off my shirt this amount of times and I'll fucking do it. <laughs> okay, that's the characters, okay? Don't tell me that's not. Anyway. No, you're right. You're right. You're right. That's, uh, that's yes. Those are the characters. Those are right. the you're characters. Yes. So eventually, Chuck breaks the beans. He's like, hey, guys, I fucking made all that shit up. Me and Joey did. Yeah. <laughs> and then they're like, oh, are you fucking... And then they pour beer on him. And he's like... <laughs> And then, hold on. and then Chuck is like, you better get me a, does anybody got a bar of soap? <laughs> it's incredible. It, it really is incredible. <laughs> the amount of like food and liquids that are poured on people. That was a budget, movie, brother. Right. Yeah, that's, that's where the movie money went. Yes. So, so now Carol wants to bring Jimmy upstairs. Jimmy's like, oh, I'm fine right here on the couch. And she's all like, like, let's go upstairs. Like, I want to. He's like, no, no, I'm, I'm cool sitting here. She's like, okay, well, are you cool with me taking my top off in front of everybody? He's like, yeah, I'm fine with dude. Just do it. Sure. And she's about to do it. She's like, okay, let's go upstairs. Okay. <laughs> so at first, so that was a useless scene. Yes. Well, that's that's to get them upstairs. That's what that scene was. So they I could have fir- just went upstairs. Well, no. Like Jimmy is nervous about. Okay, at first you think Jimmy doesn't really like Carol. He's just one of those like asshole type of guys. But we find out here in a little bit he's just a little nervous about the sex. No, oh, okay. Oh mm-hmm. yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. What yeah. movie were you watching? Al? You weren't paying attention to a good old sledgehammer plot. Line? I guess not. I guess. I guess not. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, this is great stuff. All right, so, um, so this is like now we got uh, Carol and Jimmy there in their like own designated room, and she's like, "I had a surprise for you," and she brings out like some sort of like fucking cover. I was like, "That was a surprise." Like, what is that supposed to do? <laughs> It's like some plastic cover. And then she's going on. She keeps asking him, like, hey, what's wrong? He's like, nothing's wrong. Are you sure? What's going on? Nothing's wrong. Don't worry about it. He's, like, drinking liquor the whole time. Like, he's nervous. And she's all like, your hand's shaking. He's like, no, it's not. No, it's not. And then she's all like, you never have, have you? He's like, oh, that's silly. And she's like, okay. And then she takes she takes the, the, the bottle away. And then she starts fucking going at him. So we find out that our boy Little Richard over here fucking uh, has never gotten on before. 
So, and then during all this stuff, Chuck goes into the room that Joey was. And he looks around. He's like, oh, there's no Joey in here. Okay. Well, we got this tape recorder thing. Oh, there's some blood in my hand. Hmm, interesting. So, Joni comes in. She's like, hey, what's going on? He's like, ah. Oh. She's like, what's that on your hand? He's like, I think it's blood. I think it might be like, I came in this room, and there's like blood on the floor, and there's no Joey. Interesting. And she's all like, and then she's like, oh, what does this mean stuff? She's like, Chuck's like, I don't know, but don't tell anybody. I'm going to investigate all this stuff, and you cannot tell a soul. So during when um, when Carol and Jimmy are getting on, we see some, we, we get a lot of scenes in this movie where you just saw like hallway. Like we, we see scenery scenes, and we have creepy music going on during right. that time. But hold on, before we move on. Yeah. So are they aware that Joey's dead? So... Um, the only person that might be aware that Joey is dead is Chuck because he found the blood on the floor, but he wants to investigate before he tells everybody that Joey, there's blood on this floor. So he wants to investigate, okay. see what's happening. Right. Okay. Yeah. Cause I was wondering at this point why they're staying in the house if they know Joey's dead. No, they or don't, they don't, they, know don't where he's yet. they don't, they don't wonder where Joey is at this point. Yeah. They don't know where he is. They just want to investigate yeah. to see what's going on. All right. So that's why okay. Chuck is, he's going to be doing some investigation apparently kind of. So, so now we have um, Jimmy and the blonde. They're mm-hmm. getting it on, kind of. So like, kind of. Uh, so you know, I have had my fair share of the uh, sexual action, mm-hmm. <laughs> and like this is basically he was just like laying on her, kissing her, and then there was a towel. Right, we saw like side leg, side butt during all mm-hmm. this stuff. <laughs> They're just like laying on each other, kissing each other. Then during all this stuff, we see like the killers. We see the killer watching, and he has, like, it looks like one of those masks that you could buy at, like, the Halloween store that they cut. Yes. And it's, like, just some, like, old, like, hillbilly-looking dude with, like, one of those clear, clear, to make your face look a little, a little messy mask on. Yeah. Yeah, it's, like, a clear. Which I, I can respect that because, you know, sometimes I had to find some of my killer mask at the Halloween store. They, you could make them kind of creepy. So I actually thought mm-hmm. this one was actually not a bad idea, putting that little creepy yeah. mask on him. Yeah, I think that mask is kind of not scary, but it is yes. kind of creepy. They just it's almost human but not quite, yeah. Yes. So now Joni finally finds dead Joey. Joni sees dead Joey. Say that 10 times fast. Mm-hmm. Chuck comes in. He's like, "What's going on?" He's like, "Look at him." He's like He's as as calm as can be. Oh, damn. Oh, he's he's dead. Oh. He's dead. He's dead. He's like So like Chuck's like, "Okay, I need you to go tell Jimmy and I'm going to go get John, and we're gonna meet up and see what's going on. There might be the you know like a, a killer in this in this house or something. It might be. Yes. So Joni goes to go find um, Jimmy, and John goes to goes to um, or Chuck goes to John. So Chuck tells John about you know what happened to Joni, everything. So they're gonna be about to go upstairs. Um. So now the killer is inside where Jimmy and um. Carol have been done fornicating <laughs> and, or, or supposedly fornicating. Um, a killer comes in there, snaps Carol's neck. Jimmy just wakes up like, oh, he like wakes up like smiling. Did you know, I don't know if you saw that. He like wakes up, he's like smiling a little bit and then the, the, <laughs> the, the killer just hammers his chest and they're, they're, yeah. they, they, they both go, they're dead now. Um, so like I said, the killer had like this like see-through Halloween mask on. Mm-hmm. 
Okay, so now Joni is like trying to go to that room and she goes into the room and she sees like the two dead bodies and stuff. Then she sees the killer and the killer starts following her around everywhere and eventually she starts to go for a sledgehammer that looked like very timed off. And then she goes and runs into John, Jimmy, and Mary. Um, and then she's like, and then the killer just disappears out of nowhere. So John mm-hmm. is there now and he's like, okay. <laughs> so like Chuck and all of them are coming Joni down a little bit. And then John's, I guess he's going to be looking for them. And then we see her here in the background says, tell us if you find anything. He's like, you'll be the first to know when my ass goes <laughs> through the first window. I see. <laughs> <laughs> and then we see the killer. He keeps going from like kid to, to grown up and he keeps disappearing. So this killer can do teleportation, by the way. Yes. So well, go ahead. Yeah. I mean, well, but he is, it is, he is supernatural though. Yes. And we, we're kind of, we kind of get that at this point that, that he's like a, not maybe a, not a ghost, but he's something, he's something from another brother. dimension or whatever. Yes. Yeah. He's something, brother. He's, uh, so he, th- he reminds me of the reverse sh- uh, Shazam. He's a kid that can grow up into an adult, but he's a killer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. <laughs> so Zero John killer Shazam. Yes. So now John sees the dead bodies. He's like, Oh Jesus. He's like, calm as could be. Just puts the blanket on them and everything. He sees the hammer. He takes down the pipe that he had and he grabs the hammer. And now he's looking through all the way out around the house and he finally meets up with Chuck. Um, he's like, you know, where'd you find that and everything? I just found it up there in the room, the hammer that they're talking about. So now they're in like the living room. All right. We have the whole cast that's left. We have like John, Mary, Chuck, Joni. And, and then, um, you know, uh, John's like, listen, we got to find this guy and kill his ass. All right? Mm. He fucking killing my friends and stuff. I'm pissed off, brother. <laughs> and then, of course, Chuck's like, no, 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 we can't do that. We got to, like, wait wait in this room and stuff. And we don't know what we're up against and stuff. Uh, we, we'll just wait here until the morning time. Then we'll go. And he's like, well, this is, like, miles away from civilization. You know, it's miles away to get to the next town. It's like 50 miles away and stuff to get here. I say we kill the guy. We find him and hunt him. He's like, no, no, we can't do it because we don't know what we're up against. Well, what we'll do is we'll wait here in the room. We'll wait till morning time. Then we'll go out there. He's like, well, what's the difference of going out there right now? He's like, well, it's dark out there now. We won't. We don't know what we're up against. He's like, all right, man. We're going to do it your way. But if anything happens, we're going to find this guy and get him. And then Chuck's like, you're damn right. Okay. And this whole, like, that whole scene was just like the same argument over and over again. Yes. <laughs> I got it. We don't know what we're up against. Yes, and he also says that, you know, the girls can't handle this stuff. That's what Chuck says. They have to sit <laughs> here. Yeah, they can't handle this. All right, come on now. So they're basically going to wait in this room. So everybody's, like, sleeping now, and Chuck, of course, he's awake. All right. And we have a lot of shots going on. Um, so he's like, you know, yeah, so they're like, you know, we got to stay together and everything. They're waiting. So Chuck is now sleeping and everything. Everybody's sleeping in the watch. So Chuck is like the watchman now. He's like watching everything. And then we get scenery stunts. We get kitchen. We get stairs. Mm-hmm. What? We get bedroom. What? We get doorway. What? We get shower. And then we get the hallway. We get all the areas of the house. We had to see all kind of shots. Yes. And then the killer appears as an adult. All empty. And then he yeah. disappears. All empty, by the way. Yeah. So, so John's, glad that happened. Yes. And then now John is like halfway going in and out of sleep. And he wakes up, no sledgehammer in his hand. He's like, oh shit, what the hell? He goes <laughs> to the kitchen. He grabs a knife. 
So now we get when um, John is like walking. So now John has grabbed a knife and he is now walking up to the house to because he's like, okay, something's going on here. Everybody's sleeping. I'm gonna find this guy. And now yeah. we get a recap of what happened at the at the, the at the seance where Chuck is talking mm-hmm. about like you know the, the killers killed everybody in this room. They all got mangled and stuff. We hear the, we hear basically a whole recap why John is walking all the way up the stairs. So we have a recap within the movie. <laughs> so he's gone over there, and eventually Chuck leads himself into that room that um, the uh, Jimmy and Carol were, were died in. He was in there looking around, and eventually he very very slowly, for it takes him forever, to open up this closet door that had like spider webs on it. So he also sees, so he's trying to go into, he's, you know, walking through the whole room and stuff with a knife. We have more recaps and everything. John finally sees the boy with the hammer. He's like, boy, what's going on? He's like, he sees this kid and stuff. He's like, what's going on, kid and everything? The kid goes into the room. He can't open it. Chuck is now waking up. All right. So Chuck is about to wake up. John teleports into kid's room. So this killer... Not only has magical teleportation powers like Shazam, he can now teleport humans into his room. Yes. Well, yeah. That's what we're to assume from what we saw. Yes. Or we can just edit it and put it in there quick. <laughs> so we get some space music going on over here. Yeah. We have a closet door. I love the soundtrack to this, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. It was pretty good. I would say it's not too bad. Um, eventually John opens up this closet and has a, it has a, uh, has a, uh, a dead head in it and some blood. And then that dead couple from, from the beginning of the film, the mom and the lover, they are now on like a table and sitting on some chairs dead. And then we have a pentagram. Okay. And now John looks yeah. over and is like, Oh, okay. we got these dead people here. Oh, let me go check out this pentagram. Oh, it's made of blood. Okay. Oh. Did, what in this the part? Didn't he find the kid's skull in the thing? Yeah, the kid's yeah, the kid's rotted head or whatever. Yeah, yeah, the, the skull is just like a, a like a yeah. I guess it was the kid's skull right there. Yeah, I mean we, I mean that that's what I assumed, but I mean they don't tell us that or anything. But yes. that's what I assumed. It was the kid. It was because you know they he locked they locked the kid in the closet, and then uh, I guess he was never found somehow. Yes, and they they search town up and wide, but they never checked that one room for him. No, never checked that one room. Then all those cobwebs grew over it, and then yes, I guess that was and the then end of what, it. Then what happened was, after he died yeah. in that room, his essence merged with the actual killer, and they became a Shazam-like figure. I suppose so, because um, we'll kind of get something like that in a minute here. <laughs> yes, and then of course John's like, "All right, let me check over here. Let me check over here." He's like, he he like uh, grabs his paper that was on the lover's hand. Saying, woman and lover killed. Uh, boy, still not, still no trace of son. Uh-oh. And, the, and then John's like, it's the kid. It's the freaking kid. And then... Uh, and you, you uh, could yes. tell that was supposed to be such, such a reveal. Yes. Like a, such a shocking moment. Yeah, I know. It's like, oh, and then may, we're just watching this tape here at 1983. We popped it into the VCR. We're fucking, mm-hmm. we just jammed out, we just rocked out to Black Sabbath reading some pizza and beer. And they're going to tell me it's the kid. My mind's going to be blown. I'm like, oh mm. shit. Are you telling me it was the kid this whole time? No what way. A twist. Oh my God. 
So now, Smart now the disc. kid, yes, now the kid is there, and then he turns into an adult. I was like, oh shit, this kid can turn into an adult. <laughs> My God. And then he fights John with a the sledgehammer. They start fighting back and forth, and eventually John John stabs him in the stomach. I just wrote that was easy. <laughs> so Chuck and everybody else goes upstairs very slowly. I mean, it fucking took them like ten thousand minutes. It took them like fucking thirty minutes to get up the damn stairs. Yep. Uh, they hear uh, John screaming. Mary is freaking out. She wants to get inside the house. You know, in that room. Um, they can't get in there. Uh, eventually, uh, John gets out. Uh, and then he's walking very slowly in the hallway. And then he falls down. And there's a knife in John's back. And then, of course, Chuck's pissed off. He's like, you bastard, you son of a bitch. Chuck is like, I'm going to fucking get him and everything. And then Chuck, after he does that, he just, like, drops the knife. He took the knife out of, like, um, John's back. And he's got a bastard. I'm going to yeah. get you everything. Then he drops the knife. Mm-hmm. And then Mary just, like, takes the knife and runs to the door. And she's teleported into the fucking kid's room. <laughs> I'm like, holy shit. And then she fucking gets in there like a hot of fire. And then she's like, oh, I fucked up. Oh, and then she's like, just drops her guard quick. I was like, fuck, you didn't even do anything. You just got in there and dropped her guard. And eventually the fucking, uh, the fucking killer just kicks her, kicks her ass and kills the, kills the girl. And of course, you know, Chuck and Joey are trying to get into the room. All right. And then they eventually get into the room. All right. And I thought, I thought the part with Mary dying, she's like, no, no. The way she was saying no was pretty creepy. So I, I thought yeah. I'll give him that. That was done pretty well, yeah. yeah. And then they eventually, you know, get into the room. All right, Chuck, he eventually breaks the, the door down. And this is when we get the kid. And he says something that I can... <laughs> there's there's no translator in, in the history of man who could have translated what this fucking kid said. Okay? No. No. The only thing I heard was... Bob was bad. That's the only thing I could kind of like get out. And I was like, who the fuck is Bob? <laughs> who the fuck is Bob? I'm assuming that he's telling us the story about how he ended up uh, as a ghost in the house. Yes. But that that's the only thing I, I just assumed that. I don't really know what he's saying. He could be speaking Italian for all I know. He's like, like talking tongues and shit thing in he's saying. I couldn't hear yeah. exactly what the guy was saying. I was like, all I hear was Bob something. So now Chuck's like, give me the knife. You little bastard. And then fucking like... <laughs> and then Chuck tries to fight this kid. And he fucking punched him in the face and it didn't work. And then the, the kid just kicks his ass. I was like, damn. <laughs> and then after he like pushes like Chuck over and everything, now he grows to the <laughs> like, fucking... Yeah, well, like the slap, the, when he slapped Chuck, it was yeah. just like slap across his face. Yeah, it, that was just, it was fucking hilarious. Well, I liked it when Chuck like punched him in the mask and he did like giant shit. <laughs> This is so fantastic. like, so Chuck and John, they're on the floor, and they're fucking big. The, 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 you know, the 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 kid has now become the man. Right? This was not a bad effect for yeah. you know for for the time. Yeah, for the money they had, we'll say. Yeah, and then eventually Chuck he like throws Joni out of the room and he fights the he fights the killer, mm-hmm. and the, the killer eventually like they you know Chuck's he's he, they're doing too bad. He had his contract. He got a couple good shots in. Uh, but then eventually the killer just like, kicks his ass. But he doesn't kill him. So now the killer is in the hallway. And now he's stalking Joni. So now Joni is downstairs. She randomly runs into dead Jimmy. Mm. Or she, sorry, she runs into dead Joey hanging from the wall. 
Yeah. So during all this time, the killer had enough time to put the dead Joey into a new place to scare Joni. Okay. So she tries to go uh, after she gets she gets blocked off by the killer, and now she's trying to go back upstairs. She tries to go through the window. They're now they're now in that room that um, Carol and Jimmy were getting on, and she's trying to use that special gift, some sort of like sheet, to get out of the room, or so we think. So the killer goes in there. He's like, oh, she maybe she escaped, but no, it was a trick. Nope. Jody fucking knocks his leg down. And starts beating his ass with some, like, bat that I thought she dropped earlier. <laughs> so, she's, like, beating his ass with and a bat And this goes on forever. Ever. Like, she's just hitting with his bat oh my God. over and over and over The and over one over. thing they probably shouldn't have done was make this in slow motion. Because you could tell that was yeah. a fake bat. <laughs> yeah. Yes. It I was like, awful. Yeah, that one, uh, we probably should have done that one a little different. So, after this... um, she, she, you know, kicks out of the bat and everything. And then eventually, it just, she's about to try to leave, but it doesn't work. So she escapes the room. And then uh, the killer basically no-sold anything. Like, all the all the bat shots, like, they look weak as shit. So, but he didn't, he no-sold anything. So now yeah. he's chasing her again. So Johnny, she's trying to go in there. She locked the door. Um, so now she's in, like, the room that uh, J- uh, Joey died in. And she grabs the um, kind of like this recorder thing she was he, he was using, and she turns into Mac, uh, MacGyver, where she can uh, she put like the the tape recorder on the door, and plug try it took forever to plug it in, and then now when the killer opens the fucking door, it electrocutes his ass. Mm, she gets her final girl powers. Yes, but what happened was move over Jason, move over Freddy. Move over, Michael Myers. We have this killer boy because guess what? He knows sold that shit too. Yep. All right. We have a new killer in town, brother. It's the boy. The boy. Man. The man boy. <laughs> so like, after, he literally doesn't have a name, I don't think. No, he doesn't. It's the boy. He's just the boy. Yeah. Yes. Um. So after that, that didn't work. All right. Um. <laughs> the killer comes inside. He has a sledgehammer. He tries to knock at her, and he just breaks the TV. We made that for effect. <laughs> mm-hmm. So Jody is now in the kitchen. She's making a mess all over the fucking kitchen. She can't find a knife at all. She eventually finds like one of those like butcher knives, and she fucking stabs him right in the collarbone. And of course, the, the killer, like I said, move over, Jason, doesn't fucking sell it at all. And then we get like to the next scene. They're in they're in their living room now. You know where the original murder stuff happened. And the killer is about to sledgehammer this girl to death. No sign of that butcher knife at all on him. Like, no blood, no nothing. So, the, I don't know what that scene was made for because we didn't see it. It just didn't do anything. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, before he can hammer the fucking girl, hammer timer, Chuck shows up, shirtless. Uh, fucking fights his ass all throughout the fucking house. Alright. Did I, did I mention he was shirtless? Again. Okay. Did we, see, did we see his trapezes in this fucking... You know you know what I love this music, movie? Vince McMahon. He'd been like... Oh, yeah. He'd been like, oh, this Chuck guy, we need more scenes let's of him, sign, brother. Let's sign that guy. Let's sign that guy. All of him up, brother. All right? When he's fighting the killer with his trapezes everywhere, brother, did you see them? They were bulking. All right, it was good. Mm. So fucking shirtless and everything. Uh, they fight a little bit. Chuck eventually grabs the hammer. 
Mm-hmm. A fucking hammer smash face. Huh? Yeah. Like cannibal corpse. Yes. There you go. So he fucking smashes his face. And the guy, I guess that's what it took. Like, th- th- in order to beat this character, we had to take a hammer and slash it to his face. So yeah, you can't... Elect- was wearing the mask. Yes. And you kind of see, like, a vision like, through the mask. Like, you kind of see through the killer's eyes. I thought that part was kind of cool where you saw through the killer's <laughs> eyes. Then you see Chuck back over there. You know, you, see, you, you could see through the killer's eyes Chuck's uh, muscles glazing. Why he's about to smash him up. So, you know, not too It bad. looked pretty good. I mean, you could tell that he was just holding the mask up to the front of the camera, but yeah. it looked pretty good. <laughs> so, eventually, he smashed his face, and this guy's face is like, I think they spent half the budget just on this bloody face mm-hmm. that, the, that the killer boy had. And, of course, Chuck checks on Joni. They're all good. The killer's all fucked up in the room. We have Chuck and Joni. They all leave the house. It's morning time now. And then, eventually... We have the killer kid looks on from the window when we highly anticipate a sequel that never happens. Yes. This highly anticipated sequel. We should make a sequel to this. Yes. That'd be fun. I would I would love to like find like these like off beat movies and just make a total sequel about it. Yeah. Just, I like, mean, we could totally do that. Yeah. Is there a so- is there software we could use to make it look like VHS tape to make it look this shitty? Yes, but yeah, there, there is, you know, or like what I could do is I think I have like an old video camera. If I could find some tapes, I could just record it all like on that old video camera. <laughs> That'd be really crazy. That'd be hard to oh, edit. That would be. How would you edit it though? Like, do you so, have an edit? Do you have an editing bay for videotape? Yeah. So I had to do this one time because you know back in the day, brother, we didn't have all this digital shit. We had to record oh, everything yeah. on tape. So yeah. there's like this, uh, there's like this uh, processing program where you can like hook it up to the old VHS tapes, and you just hook it up to your computer, oh, and you can just yeah. transfer it all that way. Now Uh-oh. it's a pain in the ass though, because like you got you literally have to like the problem is with that is like, well I, I, they might have made it different nowadays, but when I had to do it, I had to record the whole tape onto one clip. So I literally had to go and make one clip, and then I had to go into putting it in, into the editing system, and then cut down each clip, and then make them into different files, which took forever. So, yeah, but we could also shoot it in little increments if we could if we could That's find true. enough VHS tapes. <laughs> like yeah, I don't even know how we we probably have to order them from Amazon, but yeah. if we could make enough videotapes, like I mean, there's uh, there's a fil- plan. There's filters out there that make it look like an old style movie like this, but. You could tell it's a filter. You know what I mean? It's kind yeah, of of but things. now that you said that we could do it on VHS, let's do it on VHS. Yeah, brother. Let's do it right. We, all I got to do is we got to have a new, uh, a new a group of kids arrive at the house. Yep. All right. Fucking, now it's 30 years later. <laughs> it's 30 years later, brother. <laughs> and then uh, we always have to have one character who knows what's going on. So this one yep. could be Chuck's little brother. Or mm-hmm. no, this could be Chuck's son. So Chuck's Chuck son, son yeah. has heard about this story for ages, and now he wants to explore the house. And Chuck's son is so perverse that he's going to bring all his friends over here to die just to see if this story is true. Yeah, we got this. We got Sledgehammer it. 2. Sledgehammer 2, brother. Sequel. Coming soon-ish. <laughs> yeah, soon-ish. Yeah. <laughs> I would love doing that movie. That would fucking be awesome. Yeah, the first retro blood. This could be the first retro blood production, film production. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's good stuff. Well, everybody, thanks for joining us for this Sleazy Slasher Month. Maybe maybe we'll come back with a sequel of our own. That'd be awesome. 
we'll talk about yes. it. We'll see. You never know. I don't know what you can do out there nowadays. Um, but I say, you have anything you want to end on Sledgehammer? I mean, you know, I, it was it wasn't terrible. Yeah, you know, I mean, it, you know, I think that he did the best he could. It just didn't have much story, and you know, you kind of need that. Kind of need a story. That's true. Um, yeah. Like I don't know. I mean, it was all right. I mean, sh- should people watch it? Maybe one time, but I I would never recommend watching this again. Yeah. So, let's see. How about we uh how about we end the show on some Black mm-hmm. Sabbath, brother? Yep. How about we do the song the ty- the, the the main the, the first track Trashed, brother, because these let's kids fucking trashed his fucking house with food, blood, probably some cum in there, some sledgehammer, some ketchup, yeah. some mustard, all that shit. They trashed everything, brother. No wonder our fucking boy was pissed. They fucking trashed up his house. But everybody, we will see you later here on the Retro Blood. As we come back, we almost forgot to say it. As we come back next week with Bloody Moon. Bloody Moon. Will this movie be better? We'll see. We'll see, brother. Check it, guys, later. Take it out.